Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. Well, I'm so happy to be talking to Elizabeth Copeland. We've been working together for the last couple of years, and she is really the person behind the grief dialogues. And I know you have an event coming up, Elizabeth, but before we do, let's let's briefly tell people what is grief dialogue, because I know what it is, but I want everyone to know what it is. Thank you, Kimberly. Um, And it's been a pleasure to work with you these last few years. And so grief dialogues is, it's it's a nonprofit that I formed to start new conversations around dying, death, and grief. And we do that through theater, through live performances. I also promote other types of art. Out of grief comes art is our motto. I just happen to focus on the playwrighting. That's my form of art. But like I said, we have all different types of, of art on our website, uh, griefdialogues.com. And uh, we, pre- we prepared these these plays, and at first we did them, we would do like a series of six short plays about various uh, aspects about dying, death, and grief. And we would have them in a theater open to the public, and we each each evening would be moderated by another perhaps end-of-life expert or therapist, etc. And the public loved it, and we actually were quite successful with that. And then about a year ago, I realized that I really wanted to expand my audience. And the way to do that was to start to get the message about dying, death, and grief from an emotional standpoint to healthcare providers. So I took Grief Dialogues and I created what's now called Grief Dialogues Healthcare Education. And I've now worked with several hospitals, medical school, University of Washington School of Social Work, et cetera to bring these performances and allow medical providers to watch them, reflect on them. You know, theater is the greatest empathy generator. Mm, I love that. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, when we were in New York reimagined the first one, I saw you had uh, videos of this play and I was like, yeah, I mean, it touched me, but I cannot tell you how surprised I was of how much it touched me. I'm a I'm a theater buff, but I was thinking end of life scripts and and a play. I was blown away first of all, just seeing it on a screen. And then you and I collaborated and we in Los Angeles and there was this play right in front of me. I cannot tell you. It it gave me chills to to be in that audience and i would occasionally look over at you and be like that woman is crazy talented cuz you you open that whole day up and you set the tone the actors were great the director was great it was so amazing and i have to say that because you know people will hear theater and end of life and be like yeah whatever but no this is 
such a moving, moving script um, in in everything that I've seen. But you have you've been working on a new project, and you're you're coming up, you know, December first on the same reimagined platform. And talk to me a little bit about that because you're talking about death, but in a different way and uh, ha- how it affects other people that sometimes we forget about. Exactly, exactly. And actually, uh, one of my uh, veteran grief dialogues actors said after you read this particular script, boy, you sure know how to to pick the tough topics, Elizabeth. <laughs> this script, the title of it is Untold, and it's the story of one woman's stillbirth experience in a hospital. Her doctor and the nurse have also experienced child loss, not stillbirth, but other forms of child loss. And they do share a bit of that in the in, during the play. And the play itself is not made to be like this. This is how you handle, uh, you know, if you're a medical provider, this is how you handle a stillbirth. It's not that at all. It's just one experience. And actually, uh, this, this play was performed last October for the general pub- public in a series that I produced called Overcoming. And it, it was very well received there, although I did have to have a trigger warning because it you know, it does show a birth that not not graphically, but it has a birth and the baby is stillborn. And you, you you know that. So it's not like it's a shock necessarily. But like you say, when you see it right there in front of you, it's a whole different ball game than if you, you know, just read about it or hear about it. Um, and then we took that play, the University of Washington Medical School and interprofessional schools there uh, on the University of Washington campus, they asked me to bring that play in. And we did an evening back in February, pre-COVID, where we literally, they invited students from the medical school, the nursing school, the school of social work, the school of uh, physical therapy. And we fed them dinner, which, you know, always, but, uh, (laughs) but we really didn't, you know, when I asked the professor, how many students do you think will come? And it wasn't mandatory. Oh, she said, you know, if we get 30, I'll be happy. Well, we got 75. (laughs) And what was so cool was they had to register, which was good because we wanted a facilitator at each table. So we performed the play and then we had like study questions and they broke up into small groups. And then we, uh, all talked about at the end too. And that was extremely, extremely powerful. Um, So now I have decided to bring it to the public again, but on a grander scale through reimagine. And it's a tough topic. Um, October was still stillbirth and miscarriage month, if you can imagine such a thing, but it is. Uh, There have been some recent celebrity stillbirths that have kind of brought that topic to the forefront. One thing that people do not know or realize is that there are, they're like, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to find the exact number, but okay, here I found it. Stillbirths are actually 10 times more often than SIDS. No way. Well, you know, my family was, was affected by a stillbirth. My grandmother her last child went to full term and they lost the baby at the baby girl um, in birth, in the birth process. Um, And so, you know, every, and sometimes it's so hard to reimagine speaking about that because my grandmother rarely talked about it. Right. 
And a lot of women didn't. A lot of women don't. A, a lot of women are not given permission to talk about it. Thank you. That is key. And this this story of this particular woman is based on a friend of mine's experience. And she, you know, in her 30s, she already had one child, lost a baby, 28 weeks. And the comments people would make like, oh, you're young, you'll have another one. Or you already have one child. It's okay. You know, just totally dismissing any anything that she wanted to share. I will say my mother had a, a stillbirth baby boy. I was two years old at the time. And of course, I don't remember it. But uh, every year on his birthday till the, the August before my mother died at 80 years old, she would tell me on August 3rd, today your brother would have been <gasps> however many years old he would have been. And so obviously that had, I mean, she didn't talk about it, talk about it, but once a year she brought that up. So clearly it was part of her, um, you know, thought process. Yeah. It's like mom. part of her soul. I mean, part of her soul. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the things when I just, we just performed this at the beautiful dying expo, I got several people in the chat saying, um, I lost a daughter 47 years ago, mm. or I, my mother lost my brother 60 years, whatever. So this happens a lot more frequently than we we're giving voice to it. I totally agree. So it's, it's why I want to bring it, bring it out in the open. And also the, the difficulty, the challenge of healthcare providers to, you know, be there for the patient, but also understand they may be going some, through some of their own trauma based on their own experience. And how do we, you know, does the patient want to hear your experience or does it just help you be a better uh, empathizer? You're right. you know, what, what happens there? And, and there's the last line of the, of the play that I share. I'm not going to give you the exact last line, but it's, it's about bearing witness and being perhaps the most powerful thing we can do. But my first question when the show is over to the audience is, is that true? Is bearing witness the most powerful thing we can do, or is there something else, or is that a cop out? Right. And that's where the conversation begins. Well, and also you have a great moderator, which I totally have a crush on. She's amazing from the University of San what San Diego. San Diego, mm -hmm. and it's it's Jillian Tullis. Tullis, yes, and, and she's amazing. Uh, beautiful inside and out. And I and she's going to be moderating this on the Let's Reimagine platform. Right, right. Yes, I met Jillian maybe two years ago. Well, actually, I met her three years ago at, when we did the death salon in Seattle. But then I didn't get a chance to talk to her until the following year in Boston at the Boston death salon. And she gave a presentation there. And I went, oh, my gosh, I have to I have to work with this woman. Yeah, her energy is amazing. It's amazing. When I found out she was in San Diego and I go to LA a lot. We connected a couple of times and I said, I'm going to find just the right project because she is a professor of communications, but she, she specializes in communications around death and dying. Yeah. I, I, she was amazing. And I have to reiterate it's Tuesday, December 1st, 
2020 at five o'clock Pacific time. It's untold creating space for loss and afterbirth or miscarriage. Now, some of you might not realize that uh, let's or reimagines a platform. And so their website, it's let's L-E-T-S, reimagine.org. And all you have to do is put in like untold creating and you have to register, but it is free. Um, and it's really important if we, you're going to see it on my pages, you're going to hear this podcast, but it, it really is. And I think you hit it on the, the head, Elizabeth. It's a, this whole space that we're in, it's about giving permission for someone to feel and do and and mourn and grieve exactly the hell the, the way they want to and how do we support that um i'm going to i'm going to bring you back on because i think grief dialogues totally needs a, a self plug cuz i really want my listeners to know where to find you also i want hospitals and hospices who are doing these you know state conferences one day when we're back in person, this would be a great keynote because it is a different venue. We hit, we tend to do a lot of talking heads. This is a play that could tap into the warriors out there actually doing the work and revive them and remind them why they do what they do. Um, so Elizabeth, tell, first of all, tell me how people get in touch with you. Um, I know you heard birds chirping. She's, she's via Zoom all the way from Costa Rica. So we have to forgive the little chirping of the birds. And I love it, by the way. But tell people how, how they can get to you. Sure. Thank you. Um, and just so you know, the Howler Monkeys are being very quiet right now. So <laughs> this podcast. Uh, basically, the easiest thing to do is people can email, email me at ecopeland at copeland.com. That's E-C-O-P-L-A-N at C-O-P-L-A-N.com. And let me know they're interested in knowing more. They can go to my website, which is griefdialogues.com. And there's also another website that has been launched, but not formally yet, but there's still good information there. And that's education.griefdialogues.com. And that's where we have a lot of information for healthcare providers on some of these plays that we, uh, we've tailored specifically for the healthcare industry. I love and, it. Um, so yeah, those are two, three easiest ways to find me. Well, and if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about it, this is a great free event that you can get exposed to the talent that Elizabeth herself hires to, uh, these, these are, I believe, A-star people. These actors are really, really talented. Um, they really are in touch with their own emotions as they are in connections with the plays. So check it out. And then let's figure out how to get Elizabeth and uh, us back on the road because one day we're going to have a vaccine and I can't wait to start touching people again. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Kimberly. That's the boy, and that's the hardest part about I think right now for those of us that are trying to talk about dying, death, and grief is the inability to give somebody a hug. Mm. You know, and so I hope people will tune in to the show and the the moderated discussion. And by the way, people, it's 90 minutes, and people will be more than welcome to share their stories. We've done this on other topics, and it works very well. You can share your stories. You can ask questions, et cetera, and that it would be kind of a collective hug around child loss. Absolutely. 
I love that. A virtual hug um, that a friend of mine keeps referring to. Again, it's Tuesday, December 1st, 2020 at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's 8 o'clock Eastern time for us on the East Coast. But I promise you it will be worth it. It's untold creating spaces for loss after stillbirth or miscarriage on the reimagined platforms. Don't worry if you didn't get her emails or her... Websites. I'm going to hook that all in her bio, so it'll be really easy for you to um, even reach out and sign up for this. Uh, let's reimagine because I'm going to put that link right in there, so you don't even have to do anything except click on it and register and join us next Tuesday, December first, um, as we enter in the final month of 2020. Thank. God, I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, thanks for joining me today. And I, you, I consider you one of my dearest friends. You have talent that you drips from your fingers, and I'm so honored to be um, a friend of yours, a, a collaborator. And I just can't wait until we get back on the road. Me too. Thank you, Kimberly, because I'm a your biggest fan. I think so. Thank you so much oh, for the opportunity. Wow, well, I love you. And give that. Give that husband of yours a hug. I saw him in the background, but uh, yeah, give him a hug. And you guys be safe down there in Costa Rica. And good luck. Break a leg next Tuesday. I'll be watching. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer. This podcast is produced by Jason Andre with Seven Season Films. If you're interested in telling your story via podcast, look him up. You can find him at sevenseasonfilms.com.